Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. In this episode, you'll learn how to never get burned by a lead generation agency again. Welcome to Hey First Name and Insider's Guide to Outbound Sales. This is the number one podcast for proven cold outreach tactics that get replies and book meetings so you can quickly grow MRR without wasting time on things that don't work. The term lead generation agency makes some business owners cringe. It can bring to mind memories of high fees, zero results, and wasting massive amounts of time. Well, that all ends today. My guest is a veteran in the lead generation industry who shares how to partner with the right agency who will help accelerate your business with high quality lead generation. And if you're looking to accelerate your results with cold outreach and you'd like advice, guidance, and support from over 3,600 other agency owners, SaaS founders, and others who are doing the same, go to morgandwilliams.com slash community to join the Cold Outreach Mastery Facebook group. It's free to join. I'm in there consistently dropping value, and it's a great place to level up your results with cold outreach. And if Facebook's not your thing, you can get tons of value by joining my newsletter, Head over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and enter your best email address. By the end of this episode, you'll know how to properly vet agencies so that you never get burned again. Curtis Bent is the VP of Sales Strategy and Customer Success at MarketJoy. MarketJoy is a B2B sales development firm that is responsible for building a sales funnel of quality leads and speeding up the sales process by interacting with relevant decision makers. MarketJoy works with clients across the United States in a variety of industries, including software, business consulting, e-commerce, energy and manufacturing, finance, and healthcare. Curtis, pleasure to have you on. Yeah, pleasure to be back, Morgan. Absolutely. I want to talk about what you were doing before working at MarketJoy. How did you get into the industry? Yeah, I've been in the industry for going on 30 plus years. So it's been a long journey, but initially was really focusing on doing the grunt work, uh, learning through application, um, noting really what works, what doesn't in regards to effective outbound lead generation sales, and also how those companies engage with their clients and their prospects. So really was just a lot of in the trenches learning and absorbing of that information as I worked through my career. Initially, uh, I was very heavy in call center, call center management, and then that bled over into design development of outbound campaigns. So I would build out a full playbook. These were sales, commission-based sales campaigns, and run the campaign in-house, prove out the certain KPIs, make certain it's viable, and then outsource that to other call centers, go there, train them how to do it. And then we were able to expand the overall volume of delivery of sales and um, expand you know, that client's outreach as much as they really needed to. 
and then through time had uh, merged into more of a lead gen role, and that really came in around the time I joined CBS Interactive. You know, obviously knowing what a lead needs to be from the sales side has always helped in that path as well. And then, you know, CBS Interactive moved over to Ziff Davis, Cox Automotive Science, and then Market Joy. So been able to see a lot of different avenues from a lot of different angles. For sure. What are some things you're seeing right now at Market Joy? Just like trends in the industry, lead generation. You know, trends in the industry, I would say, you know, we're, we've been seeing industries that don't normally utilize outbound as much lean in on that side, whether it be, you know, manufacturing type uh, companies, you know, some of the oddest ones. And I think a lot of that is due to the impact that events had and those referrals and face-to-face meetings dried up. And so it opens up a lot of avenues. So I've noticed with Market Joy, it's a lot of educating clients on what it takes to make it a successful outbound campaign and keeping, you know, really their best interest at heart in doing it as well. And then I also do see a trend of doubt, unfortunately. Our industry is one where there are a lot of vendors and regardless of the side of those providers, they often are unable to deliver on the results they promise or unable to stand by those and clients get a bad feeling. So I find a lot of what I end up doing is damage control for the industry itself and just you know reassuring prospective clients that outbound is a very predictable way to generate targeted high value opportunities opportunities in a scalable model. For sure. What is it that makes it tough for companies to deliver on what they promise? Lead generation companies. Uh, Internal operational issues quite often. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a bigger trend with uh, vendors that outsource their operations. Like even some of the biggest vendors out there now are leaning more towards outsourcing their operations. So inside they're really the sales team the account management team and everything's outsourced, which again brings in a disconnect in the operational communications and overall maturity, which impacts the client. And then it's usually a focus on how to preserve the vendor's revenue versus working within the client's ROI. And that's Mm -hmm. a key thing that's just lacking, I think, as well. And overworking, you know, a lot of the account managers that individuals are dealing with have dozens and dozens of accounts. So it's really that back-end support that an operational follow-through that really, you know, seems to be the disconnect, unfortunately, in most of those relationships. For sure. What are some red flags that people should look out for when engaging a lead generation agency? Yeah. One is, what is the ratio of the person that's going to be working on my account? How many accounts of the clients are they working with? How many campaigns are they managing? And how much time is going to be dedicated to their account? But also contracts based on activities versus leads. A lot of contracts are based on, we'll send X number of emails. We can't predict the market, la da da. But really, if you're confident enough to stand by your work, you should be guaranteeing performance activities. And those are leads, ROI driving leads. Whether they're prepared to stand by their work by providing such a performance guarantee in their contract. Another thing is whether onboarding is part of the campaign runway or a standalone process. Because a lot of times clients might not realize that their onboarding is actually part of their overall campaign. And if that takes longer, sometimes up to a month, that's a month less of outreach. So it's important mm-hmm. to really you know, understand is onboarding in part or standalone? Because you don't want that ticking away your clock. You want it done right. And then if they're flexible, 
every you know proper vendor should show empathy towards the fact that we're asking for a client to trust us and we should be ready to work with them from day one and again if they outsource their workforce or if they have internal teams and you know basically if they're transparent if they're holding their strategies how they engage how they build out prospects etc until you sign if they're not transparent until then that's definitely a red flag got it so there's several things in there but First and foremost, like make sure that the agreement is solid. Make sure they're transparent about their practices, right? Even if they're outsourcing, yeah. say, hey, we outsource, right? Have that up front. I think that all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And really with any contract, having that transparency. But when we talk about guaranteeing performance instead of activities, so right, there is this market element to lead generation. And that's finite market specific depending on who the customer is it's a certain size there's a certain number of people they can sell to maybe larger maybe smaller mm-hmm. but there's a certain size so what do you do to ensure that like hey this is somebody that we can work with that i know we can get results for what are some characteristics of companies that give you the confidence to say okay we can offer a lead guarantee here to this company yeah, no, that's a good question. You know, and activities obviously result in leads, but it just really depends on how that contract is structured. One thing, you know, in particular MarketJoy does is we have a pretty thorough vetting process. You know, when we first engage with a prospect, you know, we really don't spend any time talking about us. We really want to learn what are their goals, what is their ideal client profile, what is their average deal size, close rates, etc. And then what we do even before anything, we build out a sample database. Uh, we build out some strategy ideas. We look at other industries we've worked with. We also reach out to industries we know we have better success in so we can stand by that delivery. And only after we've gone through that initial vetting process do we then discuss what it takes to looks like to engage with Market Joy. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're engaging with Market Joy, your first call is going to be really identifying who your ideal client profile is, what that total addressable market is. Can Market Joy identify these? The second call would be reviewing that data and strategy. So we like to front load those items rather than hold them behind close to the vest and wait for them to sign to start the process. Got it. And it doesn't work for everybody. Sometimes we have to tell clients no based on, you know, not being able to show them ROI based even on that performance guarantee with a lower deal size. Or if they do fall within a very, very niche market, it's simply not feasible. And at that point, we would have a conversation around what we can do and see if it fits within their budget. But yeah. Got it. Something I wanted to ask on the lead guarantee piece. Oh, setting up campaigns. So let's say you do find that someone is a good fit. What steps do you do after you kind of set up that sample database, scope things out? Once you've somewhat signed on, what steps do you go through to start generating those leads? Yeah, it begins with an onboarding process that is a standalone, not part of the campaign runway. And in that conversation, we're first, we're meeting internally because the sales front and sales team, which is also the sales strategy team, they work with operational support. They're going to have a lot of information. So first, there'll be an internal sync where there's a download from sales to operations and onboarding. And then we have an onboarding call with the client. And at that point in time, we're doing a deeper dive into that ideal client profile, finding niche areas, whether it's revenue parameters, employee parameters, anything that's going to tweak up the average deal size, and as well as the messaging, value props, aha moments, challenger type statements, um, anything marketing material that we can pull. And then we have a full team of researchers that go to work, 
and then a content team that goes to work and begins to build out a playbook. And so we structure a playbook usually around a 15 touch cadence, alternating between phone, LinkedIn, email, all really feeding off each other. And we present that to the client uh, more for insight because, you know, we want to make sure that they're aware of what we're sending. We're not asking them to create it because we know it works. And then we uh, go live. We begin outreach. And that's really where the game starts because it's collecting data. It's analyzing, testing our hypotheses against uh, real live events, seeing who's opening the emails, what subject line is working, and then leaning into that to further enhance what we're loading in for contacts and how we're engaging them through that cadence. Got it. So as you go on throughout the campaign, as the months go on, I imagine it has to get more difficult to generate leads because you're going deeper into the market. The people who are most responsive or responsive have generated or have raised their hands, right? And have booked mm-hmm. meetings or said they're interested. Is that assumption correct? Because that's what I've noticed just personally, but is that assumption correct for you guys? And if so, how do you innovate in order to keep driving results? Good question. Yeah, it really depends on what that client's total addressable market is. I mean, if they're nationwide and they're pretty much, you know, agnostic and, you know, the world is theirs, that leads no data challenges, but that's not often the case. So what it'll be important to do is understand what you're dealing with in that total addressable market. But then also running through that TAM for the first time isn't a bad thing. A lot of uh, companies or clients even think like, oh, we've got through that data, you know, we're done with that what do we do next we don't have anybody else to contact but we've identified those first top layer activities and projects you know what we can do next is brand put awareness engaging those contacts again through different messaging syndicating some of the clients content keeping their brand their message top of mind so that way as those new projects arise they lean into that outreach. It becomes a really a familiar person for them because without being annoying, we're staying in touch and we're providing with key information. And then um, re-engaging them, you know, letting them rest, re-engaging them with new messaging, focusing and targeting that, becoming more personalized in the outreach. As you go deeper into the TAM, looking at what the individual contacts history is of engaging. Um, you know, if you have a, a C-level individual that's engaged with every email cadence but hasn't responded yet, that would be a good candidate for a very personalized type outreach, which might get a deeper engagement. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to reinvent the wheel, re-engage. But the key thing there is keeping the client's brand top of mind. So when those opportunities do surface, we're there to scrape, capture them and get them over to the client. For sure. Can you speak more about content syndication? How do you guys leverage that? Yeah, content syndication, you know, we use a couple of different ways. Some clients just simply want their information out there, generate that marketing qualified lead so they can take it internal and refine it to, for their sales team. Where we find we utilize it a lot is in re-engagement to, you know, rather than ask for a meeting, provide some information the second time, you know, provide a resource, but also as a secondary call to action. And that's key because if you're going through a cadence and let's say you have four or five email steps and you obviously want the call to action to be the meeting, you don't want to distract from that. Everything's about, you know, let's get a meeting booked. But as you get deeper into that cadence, it's a strategic way to test 
if people are leaning in by providing a link to content alongside that call to action. Because you might, especially if you see a high open rate without the reply rate, because what you might find are individuals are leaning into that softer call to action because there is an interest there, not as much for a meeting, but enough to look at the content. And you'll see that secondary call to actions activity, and then that can align you back to who's doing that and help refine your overall target to understand now, how do I get these individuals to lean into a meeting versus the content? Got it. So you are, you're inserting content into the email or a link to the content into the email and getting it in yeah. front of prospects that way. Okay. Gotcha. I thought you were correct, using correct. a different yeah. like ad platform or something like Taboola or some Outbrain or something like that. You're syndicating. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, tracking that activity and also for opt-in. Uh, one last note on, on content, that's a great way to create an opt-in database. Because if you have some engaging content, it's easier to reach out to your audience base, offer them that, add value to that content, get them to agree to accept that. And then an opt-in for further outreach is an easy second yes. And so it's mm -hmm. also a strategic way to build an opt-in base. Got it. When you're leveraging the content, are you sending people to like a gated piece of content or can they see the content and then sign up somewhere on the page. It really depends on the campaign and how we're using the content. If we we're utilizing it, let's say in a re-engagement campaign, I really wouldn't need it to be gated. I really want the information of who's clicking through to it. But if we're working obviously in a registration type thing, like we're running a campaign right now for the Sales 3.0 conference, those we're sending everybody to a gated page. We want to collect all that information, get them registered and to the event. Got it. What are some campaigns that are working really well for you guys right now? You know, we see a lot of good success. There's always different SaaS platforms. FinTech is a strong one. Healthcare, healthcare products, manufacturing, companies that service large distributing companies, logistics, manufacturing. And then we're also working on some, you know, smaller projects, design firms, interior design firms, locally based. You know, there's one that we're working with just in like three of the five boroughs of New York. So talk about, you know, that TAM issue. A lot of that is about keeping that brand awareness. But also, I think that's the forgotten segment, too, is everybody's charging a lot for their services. And that takes a lot of the SMBs out of that running. But a lot of those SMBs can utilize lead gen just like the enterprise folks. So... You know, we're working on a lot of smaller projects, kind of testing those out, but that list, there's some of the strong industries, of course. For sure. For sure. So tactically, like inside of those campaigns, like we talked about, you just mentioned rep webinar registrations. Are there any specific campaigns that you're doing inside of these industries that you're seeing really good traction with? Yeah. If there's anything particularly inside these campaigns that we're seeing good traction with, the like content education always has good traction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we have a whole bunch of different methodologies that we actually apply, whether it be kind of a fear of missing out approach or a, an internal forward approach. The methodologies really vary based on the campaign and structure, but I'm not sure exactly where, you know, one particular aspect might be running better than others right now. Sure. Last question I have is how do you target prospects and get customers for market joy? What do you guys do? 
Yeah, we use our same process. We have outbound email, we have outbound calling team, and uh, we do our own LinkedIn campaigns, all that good stuff. But a lot of it always comes down to the data. So we target, you know, and focus on industries where we know we can see better success. We have, you know, examples. We want our customers to feel confident with engaging. So if we can provide them references, case studies, all the more, the better. And then we engage them through that screening process. We first conduct an ICP review. Uh, we then go into a strategy discussion, make certain that we can connect the dots, that the contact and the client understands exactly how we would engage and then um, walk them through that process. But, you know, we utilize our own team and we also bring our client facing team from our inside sales team. So when someone's working on an outbound calling campaign for a client, it's only because they've also worked with us on our inside sales. So we know how they operate, how impactful they are, how effective they are. So we take that initial risk on the team before moving them over. For sure. What does your tech stack look like? Any tools you're using that are working really well for you guys? You know, well, we have a proprietary uh, CRM platform, engagement platform that we utilize. It's AutoPitch, and that provides us with all the KPIs we really need in regards to calling and email. You know, one of the key things I think I would say is a differentiator in our tech stack is a platform called Quiller. And I'll definitely give a shout out to them. It's a proposal platform but very dynamic, very easy to personalize, you know, really makes the presentation look good. And I think that's helped a lot in our engagements overall. What does Quiller do? Uh, it's a proposal software platform. So it allows you to, well, you can construct marketing material out of it too, but it's engaging for proposals. It's done in kind of this block method that allows you to customize it very easily. But the impact on the client is key because you can add in images from their site, images that relate to them. You can very much personalize the proposal image-wise. So anyway, not to yeah. go into a Quiller commercial, but yeah. Sure. But you're using that in your sales calls with prospective customers then, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. We utilize that. We have outlined both our initial overview through that platform. So after our first call, we provide that to the prospect. We built our strategy deck through that because it's easy to customize for each client. So as we go into that second conversation, we can customize that. It's a very great way to present exactly how we'll engage. And then we also utilize it for the proposal. So yeah, we use it through our whole sales journey, to be honest. Yeah. I think one important thing I want to note about that is it helps the prospect visualize and contextualize what they're getting, which is the challenge of selling services right? Is that they're invisible, mm. essentially, right? It's not like a product, yeah. but they actually get to interact with it. There's a process that's taking place that you guys are leading and they're getting people in their inbox or they're getting calls handed off to them. So I think that yeah. being able to illustrate what you're doing and how it works and, and then you understand their company gives them a sense of relief or gives them confidence in what you're doing for sure. Yeah. If a company says, yeah, we can do it, and they haven't asked who your target audience is, that's another red flag. For sure. For sure. All right, Curtis, marketjoy.com. You can reach Curtis at curtis at marketjoy.com. Pleasure having you on the show. Yeah. Thank you, Morgan. Awesome. You have a good one. You too. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're looking to level up your cold outreach game and you'd like advice, guidance, and support from over 3,600 other agency owners, SaaS founders, 
and others who are doing the same, go to morgandwilliams.com slash community to join the Cold Outreach Mastery Facebook group. It's free to join. I'm in there consistently dropping value, and it's a great place to level up your results with Cold Outreach. And if Facebook's not your thing, you can get tons of value by joining my newsletter. Head over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and enter your best email address. And until we meet again, please remember, outflow equals inflow. I'll see you next time.